Welcome to Taking the High Road, a Driver Reach and Freight Waves production. I'm your host, Jeremy Raymer, founder and CEO of Driver Reach, a modern recruiting and compliance solution. On this show, I interview industry experts and thought leaders who bring their insights to the driver lifecycle as we discuss the industry's greatest challenges, driver recruiting and retention. I appreciate all the positive feedback on the show. Please remember to rate and review Taking the Higher Road on whatever platform you use to listen. I'm joined today by a great friend and modern day abolitionist, Louis Greek, Coalition Build Specialist with Truckers Against Trafficking. Welcome to the show, Louis. So great to see you. Thanks for having me, Jeremy. Uh, it's my pleasure. Uh, we, we kicked the year off with Human Traffic Awareness Month. Um, every time I think of this happening in America, you know, right here in our backyard, um, I'm, I'm at a loss for words. I, it's, it's rampant. I get it. I don't understand. And, and it's not going away. Um, I'd like to spend our time today touching on your background and, and what inspired you to carry the flag for, uh, for such a noble cause. Um, I'd like to know how TAT is uh, making progress in the industry, how you're leveraging the, the mobile app to reach more truck drivers and industry stakeholders, uh, maybe explain what obstacles you're facing, and, and also share about the various awards and, and recognition TAT provides. Uh, and of course, we'll answer uh, a question submitted by a listener during our Deeper Dive segment. Does all that work for you? Sure does. Perfect. Uh, now, before we dive in, I'm curious, uh, as you can see behind me here, I, I like to read lots of books, and I've got plenty more that you can't see around me. Um, uh, are there any books that you've uh, read recently that you might want to recommend? Anything that you'd suggest? Yeah, Jeremy, it's funny you say that because I was looking at your book collection there and I was trying to peek over your shoulder and look at uh, some of those titles there. Um, yeah, you know, I wanted to just recommend this book. I, I, it's just come out in the past six months. It's Men Fight For Me. And it really talks about the role of authentic masculinity. So we'll talk about that and, and men's roles in preventing um, the purchasing of commercial sex, exploitation of men, women, children, um, both here domestically and internationally, um, and just the role that we can play. So, um, you know, if you get a chance or if the viewers and listeners out there want to go to um, fightforme.net or to amazon.com um, men fight for me uh, they could look up that book but I, it's a really good conversational piece about you know talking with other men neighbors community partners colleagues uh, about the issue of human trafficking and how purchasing commercial sex really leads down to the dangers of exploitation that's a great suggestion and perfectly timed and it's a great topic given what we're talking about today uh, reminds me of a campaign that I, I'm familiar with the man to man campaign that hopefully we'll talk about it sounds like there's a lot of uh, uh, overlap and similarities there. I'm curious, uh, what inspired you to, to fight for such a worthy cause, you know, human trafficking, you know, and, and more specifically bring that fight to the trucking industry. Yeah. You know, my journey to become an abolitionist is quite interesting. I never thought I'd, I'd be down this road and I, you know, where, where I'm at today, I wouldn't be doing anything differently. Um, you know, my, I have a long career in, in military and law enforcement, um, uh, mostly in uh, various suspicious investigations, homicides, things like that. Um, but about seven years ago, I had a former military uh, friend and colleague tell me um, about this issue of human trafficking. I had not heard about it in the military, didn't hear about it in law enforcement, in my law enforcement career. And I had a, a nonprofit, a charity organization tell me about this horrendous crime and that it was occurring all over. Um, and got connected with uh, some organizations out there that look for former military and law enforcement to assist other different law enforcement agencies around the world um, in intelligence gathering and undercover operations 
in combating this crime. So I spent the next about five years, mostly in Southeast Asia, but Central Africa and some in Latin America, um, assisting different law enforcement agencies, both U.S. and host nation law enforcement. Um, I'm combating this issue. I'm identifying um, this crime and putting a stop to that and, and recovering a lot of those victims that were being exploited out there. Um, a few years ago, though, about three years ago, I said, well, you know, it's time to come back home. It's time to come back uh, to the United States. And coming back here, what I found fascinating um, and really troublesome is that human trafficking was existing in the United States um, at, at the same rate that we see it in other parts of the world here. It just is happening in plain sights, places like hotels, motels, rest stops, um, places of business just right in front of us. And so um, I heard about an organization called Truckers Against Trafficking. And, and, you know, in my part of my career in the military, I was a truck driver and I'm like, I thought, hey, you know, what not a better way to build up again, as we say here at TAT, this army of eyes and ears to really assist law enforcement in you know, recovering victims and arresting traffickers and buyers. And so for the last uh, three years, I've been with Truckers Against Trafficking um, with various roles, but kind of utilizing my experience in, in um, training overseas and exposure to human trafficking, along with TAT's models that really infiltrate our, our, our transportation systems to training drivers out there to recognize, you know, this crime, uh, to report it to law enforcement and really keep their industry safe. Well, I've gotten to know you, I think, since since you started. I think I've known you for at least, you know, roughly three years and uh, seen you at a number of industry events, most recently uh, in Indianapolis at a coalition build event. Uh, can you describe how you're establishing these these coalition builds and and what sort of progress or, or success you're seeing? The Coalition Build program is probably one of our most successful programs that we have here at uh, uh, Truckers Against Trafficking. And what we do about each month, we try to have a half-day event where we bring together um, government, so law enforcement, government leaders, together with private industry um, and build those partnerships to close loopholes to traffickers. And so we may partner with the state attorney general's office, the governor's office, maybe another local leader, uh, maybe a, a, a local law enforcement um, chief of police and hosting that at, with in conjunction with maybe the trucking association or the transit association. And we'll have this half day event to bring awareness about the issue of human trafficking and then different next steps that these groups can take working together to collaborate to really combat this issue within their community on a localized level. Well, I know, you know, seeing you in Indy and then, of course, at a number of different places, every time, kind of like you, every time I, I hear about this and, and, and think about what's happening out there, it, it's just, it's mind boggling. And as a father, uh, just thinking that these are, these are children, these are people's children that, um, that this is happening to. And it's, you know, it's, I think it's tempting for some of us who, even when we are exposed to it, to, to want to look away, but, but it's, but it's real and you can't. And uh, it's something that we, we, we've got to uh, grapple with and work together on, on helping combat it. So I'm, I'm grateful for the work that you're doing and for, and for TAT in general. Um, I know in our event, one of the things, uh, at least at the, at the state level, uh, you referenced the Iowa Motor Vehicle Enforcement Model, the MVE model. Can you explain, you know, what that is and how other states can can step up to help? Um, and not just maybe at the MVE level, but but also with legislative uh, change. Yeah, our Iowa MVE model is 
six different elements that we find that we can infiltrate some of those systems that we use every day. So our Department of Motor Vehicles, if we can get our uh, materials or resources in front of those drivers when they're getting their CDL license issued or renewed, um, or if we can partner with uh, law enforcement. So at the port of entries or those way stations, if we can train those law enforcement or port of entry officers on recognizing human trafficking, as well as passing out our materials, we really kind of infiltrate that awareness and information and resources with those systems, you know, our roadway systems all across the state. And so states partner, different agencies partner with Truckers Against Trafficking to implement these, to really have a holistic approach um, to kind of combating human trafficking from a big systems statewide perspective. Um, and then talking about legislation, you know, another key way is to either have our human trafficking awareness training implemented into um, CDL curriculum at those CDL schools. Um, and so what that really means is now you have all these new drivers that are aware of human trafficking, uh, what to do if they should interact it, and the ways that they can really help those that are being affected by this crime. And you just have this whole new generation that cares more about the industry and the safety of the roadways that they drive every day. Well, and I, I realize that the goal is is to create awareness, right, and then and then vigilance. Um, how do you differentiate efforts uh, to target you know fleets versus the efforts to target individual drivers? Because you do you do both. Yes, we do. You know, TAT's been fighting this crime for, you know, since 2009, and we have many ways that we approach and tackle this. Um, one way is we have relationships with some of those corporate leaders um, uh, for, say, Amazon, UPS, uh, you know, Knight, and we try to establish relationships and let them know as part of their corporate social responsibility to get involved, to take ownership. And, and so from a corporate level, we try to uh, show influence of TAT and make our resources available so they can train their drivers and employees. And then of course, also through connecting with the, the local um, uh, owner operator. So with our messaging opportunities to speak on, on freight waves today or to go to events like the Mid-American uh, Trucking Show and really interacting with the, the industry and the community, bringing that awareness to everybody that's involved in this community. I'd like to separately just talk to you about how, you know, I'm on Atri's Research Advisory Committee and always looking for things that we can research and help improve from an industry standpoint. And if there's an opportunity uh, to do something that's related to this, I'd, I'd like to explore that. That was just a thought that came up. But uh, um, I do want to talk to you also about just recognition, right? Uh, I wasn't aware of this until just just some further research and recognized that, uh, you know, there's a there's a Harriet Tubman Award um, that I've that I've that I read about. Uh, I've seen, you know, recognizing everyday heroes in, in TAT's newsletter. Can you share how, you know, TAT recognizes the, uh, the efforts of those in the industry who are, who are supporting the cause? Absolutely. We already knew our drivers and our truck stop employees were on the front lines. Um, and so they see, they recognize a lot of things that we do not. And so they do come across situations where they've seen individuals that are being exploited, that are being trafficked. Uh, we have numerous case studies and accounts where these everyday heroes have been involved in the recovery of victims and the rest of traffickers. Their actions to making a call, to asking a question, to actually getting involved have, have literally saved lives um, thousands of times. So we have numerous accounts of that. 
And so we want to recognize them. We want to recognize both that individual for taking the courage to get involved and making a phone call, as well as the company, you know, and their part in combating this to ensure that their employees are trained on human trafficking and provided with those resources. So our Herit Tubman Award is a great way to recognize both. Um, and again, bringing um, kind of almost an encouragement to others in the industry that if they should see something, that they should say something as well. And who knows, they might be the next Harriet Tub Award winner and a, a TAT champion. Well, that'd be pretty, uh, pretty prestigious. I know you have a background, if I'm not mistaken, in uh, something related to Underground Railroad. Is that is that right? I mean, just that reminds me of, uh, of, of Harriet Tubman. And of course, our my kids are learning about this sort of thing in school, which is awesome. Um, and of course, a lot of the books behind me are, you know, topically relevant, especially around, you know, that, uh, pre-Civil War through the Civil War, uh, era. So, um, yeah, if it, now, you know, we do have a deeper dive question. Maybe this is the time to, uh, to, to get into that it's submitted by one of our listeners. Uh, but the question is if I, or any one of my drivers see something suspicious, what's the quickest way for me to report it to authorities? Yeah. So if you're seeing any type of crime, first of all, so if you're seeing an actual crime taking a place where someone might be getting hurt or injured or there you know, might be a weapon involved, definitely call 911. If you're suspected that there's definitely maybe human trafficking or forced prostitution, um, you can call 911. You can call your local law enforcement. I would encourage those that are reporting to make sure that you say you suspect human trafficking. Just initiates a different response from law enforcement and different resources. And then the other option is to call the National Human Trafficking Hotline number. That is 1-888-3737-888. Um, this is a number that those wanting to report this can call anonymously um, to report a tip, to um, connect with law enforcement, and they have the right resources um, for that area to um, connect with the police there. So they may be tied with maybe a human trafficking specialist or detective that can handle that uh, reported that tip. So again, your local law enforcement or that national human trafficking hotline. And is one of the uh, suggestions that you know you make, you've got an app, a mobile app, right? Um, I've got it downloaded on my phone and I know that um, there is, you know, relevant information at your fingertips as far as, you know, being able to, is that, is that something that you would suggest as well to, to any of our, our listeners to download? It's free, uh, free mobile app, but just having that, um, at, at, you know, at the ready, if that ever, you know, were to, uh, surface. This is a great resource out there. So our TAT app available free for Android and iPhone. You can download that. Um, it has access to our training videos so you can learn more and educate yourself on human trafficking. Some of those red flag indicators. So we have some indicators that what drivers or travelers may see at particular locations when it comes to this crime. And then you can actually contact and directly report something to the National Human Trafficking Hotline via the app there. So if you're seeing something, if you're at a stop, or you're pulled over, you know, you can report that anonymously right there through our app to the hotline. Now, most of our audience is focused on recruiting and or retention. And so, you know, what would you say, how would you uh, position TAT and, and being actively engaged and, and being a supporter of TAT? How would you position that as a means to helping with either recruiting or retention. Yeah, I think, you know, I personally believe, and I think a lot of people out there would believe that the trucking industry and the transportation industry, you know, 
we've really been um, kind of keeping America going. We've always kept America going. And it's an industry that is made up of families, of loved ones, of of fathers and mothers and sisters and brothers. And so we want our communities and our industries to stay safe. And in a way to do that is to, to make sure that this crime is, is doing the least possible trying to infiltrate our roadways under the places and businesses that we work. Um, because we, we ultimately care as, as fathers, as, as mothers, you know, we want to ensure this is, is a safe place to work. And so as far as, you know, driver retention and recruitment, they want to work in an environment that cares about, you know, people and life as kind of a sustainable goal. And one way of that is combating human trafficking. So we at Truckers can, Trafficking can attest that the trucking industry is taking ownership, that they care about the community, they care about the drivers that are a part of that industry. And one way they do that is, you know, partnering with TAT and ensuring drivers are trained, getting that information out there, which ultimately makes a very desirable uh, industry to work in because it's a it's a place where it is about community. It is, is about keeping a safe place to work. And just being the eyes and ears on the road and, and having that common enemy. That's an enemy that I think all of us would agree. That's, that's an enemy and we can all rally around, you know, uh, eradicating it. So um, can you describe maybe some of the, the challenges you face, you know, uh, you know, you mentioned at the coalition build uh, that, uh, that that traffickers themselves are pushing the narrative that that these women are just prostitutes, right? Like that's this is not no no no. These are just as if that maybe legitimizes it. How, how do you overcome that that conditioning of the mind? Yeah, that is a big challenge, Jeremy. Um, and one of uh, kind of one of our main goals with our training and resources that we have is to to really let drivers and those in the industry know that. Now, a lot of those that are involved in prostitution or forced prostitution are not there by their own free will. Uh, you know, a lot of times we hear comments like, oh, they want to be there or they're paying for college or something like along those lines or they're on drugs. A lot of times, and I'd say in the high percentile, so 90%, 95% of those aren't there by their own free will. They're being forced by uh, usually a trafficker or a pimp or a handler through various ways, maybe forced through, you know, beatings, maybe forcing them into drugs, um, manipulation, maybe, um, you know, threatening their lives or their family members. And so having a better understanding of who these individuals are being exploited at, you know, if someone gets a knock on their cab window, realizing that this might be somebody's mother or brother in a situation that they don't want to be in they're, they're usually being exploited. And so just having that mind shift change to recognizing when someone sees someone that might be there um, selling commercial sex, that this could be a potential human trafficking victim. Um, and just being aware of ways that they can assist them, maybe finding resources or calling that National Human Trafficking Hotline. Well, this might be a, an opportunity also to, to touch on the, the man-to-man uh, campaign that we, we mentioned earlier. You know, um, can you explain you know, what that is and, and who is it really targeting? Yeah. So we can't talk about the issue of human trafficking without talking or discussing um, the the demand for commercial sex. You know, this is one hundred and fifty billion dollar criminal activity. Um, and most of that money that's being purchased is usually done by commercial sex buyers, typically men, not always, but more, the, more often it is men that are purchasing that. So it's a big industry. And so if we as men can educate each other about the dangers of going to strip clubs, of purchasing commercial sex, that it is actually fueling this criminal activity that is exploiting these individuals that are in vulnerable situations and fueling human trafficking, hopefully we can put a stop to human trafficking on the front end. 
So our man-to-man campaign, along with our, our video, our training video addressing demand, really has that con- cultural conversation piece about, you know, hey, it's not, you know, this is the harm that looking at pornography can do. This is the harm that, you know, going out to a strip club after work can actually do to society, to young boys and girls. And not foreign young boys and girls, but young boys and girls that are actually born right here in America. So that man-to-man campaign is an opportunity for men to step up and just have a conversation, make your friend, your coworker, um, your guys' group aware about this issue and the harm that it can cause to others. Well, I, I, I appreciate all the work that you do, Louie, and, and, and I always enjoy spending time with you. Um, how can our audience make sure that they're supporters and, and sponsors of Truckers Against Trafficking? Where, where, where should we send them? Yeah. So there's a lot to learn. There's a a lot of ways that you can partner and support the organization. Um, So you can go to our website at truckersagainsttrafficking.org. There you can find our training, the various programs, ways you can support, and then the next steps that you can actually take either as an individual, as a company to become a TAT champion as well. And uh, that information was displayed on the screen uh, for everybody. So, um, and, and I would encourage you certainly uh, be a supporter yourself. Download the app. Also, encourage your uh, your your carrier to uh, to be a sponsor, to be a supporter. And it's something I think that uh, I think we all are. Certainly, the more of us that get behind this, the the greater the chance that we have to 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 diminish it or eradicate it completely. It's again, I I just it's unfathomable that this is happening right under our noses, right here in our own country. So again, really appreciate uh, you joining us today, Louie. Look forward to seeing you at some uh, upcoming industry events. Thanks again. And thanks for joining me for another episode of Taking the High Road and for spreading the word to your industry peers. We really appreciate it. Remember, you can submit any questions or comments, including those which may appear on upcoming Deeper Dive segments at podcast at driverreach.com. And don't forget to rate and review Taking the High Road on whatever platform you listen. Until next time, thank you for Taking the High Road.